0: thank you adam good morning good morning um not sure whether you have your bibles with you but um, it's a good thing to do um what nice and toasty here it's actually cold huh wow it's uh winter is coming winter is coming to Okay. <laughs> um anyway so i um i wanted to share with you this morning um a story from uh, the Old Testament. It's uh, in First Samuel, and uh, <coughs> basically, to to get us all um, on track, obedience is better than sacrifice. That's the thing, and of course, uh, this is a time of transition. Um, king Saul is already uh, who's the first king of Israel. I uh, remember him. He was uh, proud. He was tall above and beyond everybody else around him. Uh, and he was the first anointed king of Israel. It was God's plan, and uh, Samuel obeyed and you know, got him all taken care of. And there was a crucial moment where the Amalekites were a problem to Israel for centuries. And at that point, God said, he needs to now go and just get rid of all the Amalekites. Uh, it was, uh, I guess, an absolute thing to do, but the problem was that after Saul won the battle, uh, he started thinking about, wow, this, you know, some amazing cows here, this amazing lands, and, and all kinds of loot you know, that he got. And he's, he's like, wow, you know, this is, it would be such a sore thing for us to sacrifice all that stuff and just get rid of it when, you know, so many people would just love to have, you know, all this stuff. And so he also looked at the king of the Amalekites and all the nobles and uh, he figured out that, you know, that would be a mess. You know, this guy could probably help us out, you know, and he could probably go around to all the surrounding countries and tell them how amazing we are and what a God, a powerful God, can do for them anyway. To make the long story short, he just basically decided on his own that he wasn't going to do what Samuel told him God wanted him to do. And Samuel came up with this amazing, I'm sure it's a Sunday school, (laughs) it's a Sunday school curriculum must. You have to be able to memorize this verse. Uh, Samuel says to him, obedience is better than sacrifice. Heeding the Lord's commands is better better than life. And the sadness is that and from that point on God told Samuel that the kingdom would no longer be under the hands of Saul so go forward a few years Saul and Jonathan's son have died in battle now there's no other person in his family that would be the king but at the same time God decides that King David will be the king of Israel then because David has this amazing quality that he is a man according to god's heart why and i wish that all of us here at agape would have the same kind of heart that somebody would say about somebody that god told in a dream or god told in, in a me, in a specific situation that you know what this person at agape is a person according to my own heart i just love that person i love him i love her because they just do exactly what I ask them to do. I know that um, in our society, where there's so much stuff that we have that actually helps us, kind of augments our our footprint, or augments our our uh, possibilities, what we can do. You know, we have all these devices. Uh, we got you know anything that you want on the internet, you just click and you. You get exactly the answer you want, or you figure out what you want. So we're actually able to manage so many things, right? We are people that are self-sufficient. It and is so tough for us to think biblically, to figure out, what is God expecting? What is it that God thinks that Henry needs to be doing? Because God is the ultimate engineer. I don't know if you ever Uh, Rub shoulders with an engineer, but engineers are set apart. I mean, these people's minds, their their hearts and minds and souls are about protocol, are about this is how you do things. Number one, step number two, step number three. I mean, they are that kind, that's how their brain works, and praise God for engineers, because without them, we would probably be right now, we would just all be shivering because there's not, you know, there's not a Gadget that is providing just the right amount of heat so that we won't roast and we won't, you know, become icicles. I mean, this is what engineering is it's an exact science. But God is the ultimate engineer, and we know that because in the Old Testament, there were so many times that Israel just stepped over the mountains, Israel could not follow directions. How many of you know how to follow directions? You know, I have difficulty following directions. My mind goes in different, you know, different places. Like, oh yeah, I could do this the other way. And and uh, normally, you know, Ray and I have the argument at home about, no, honey, this is what I want you to do. Please do it. And she has to now. she wanted to tell me this is exactly how I want you to do it. <laughs> because I would just, you know, figure out oh, I could do it another way. And most of the time, when I try to do it another way, it doesn't work. Then I have to go back to Raya, yeah. <laughs> swallow my pride. <laughs> have you ever gotten into that situation? I mean, it's there's just certain things that they have a very specific uh, demand on on our on our time and on our interaction with them. And this is how God has set up the universe. And one of the centers of worship for all the decades that Israel was in the desert was the tent of meeting, remember, the tent of meeting. This was at the center of the camp, and uh, the, uh, the light at night, God would come down, uh, and uh, during the day, there would be a cloud on top of it. So it was kind of God's presence for that time. Right now, God's presence is everywhere, right? Just like it was then. But we have the Holy Spirit inside us that is the holy of holies of God. Did you know that? that in your soul, in your spirit, resides the Spirit of God. If you are a born-again believer, that's what happens. The, the distinction between a born-again believer, a child of God, and a non-believer is that you have Holy Spirit inside. But then, it was a tent of meeting, and in the tent of meeting, that was in three different uh, places, there in the Holy of Holies was the Ark. Now, the Ark when the Bible talks about how it's a box. It's a box. But well, this was a very special box. This was a box that had in it the manna, a piece of a, a sample of the manna that God rained upon Israel every morning in the desert, so they would eat bread, basically, from famine. And also the uh, Ten Commandments, and also the rod of, of Aaron that, that sprouted. That was how the Levites were chosen by God to be the priests and, uh, uh, and the Levites were taking care of this amazing place. So the reason I'm saying this is because what we're going to be talking about this morning is uh, in 2 uh, uh, Samuel chapter 6, we're finding that there is the war that's going on with the Philistines. The Philistines are kind of Greeks. They came, I guess, from Greece someplace, but they live right at the waters, you know, right on the other side of Palestine, right by the sea, and they constantly are coming in and, you know, causing havoc. And uh, when Israel is with God and God, you know, takes up, you know, their, their, uh, their side, they are able to take care of the Philistines, but when Israel is disobeying God and nobody's around to help them, they get trounced by the Philistines. So there always been a thorn on the side of the Hebrews. So David again brought together out of Israel, chosen men, 30,000 in all. And he and all his men set about from Baal of Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, capital N, the name of the Lord God Almighty. Now, what happened is, during these wars between the Philistines, the Israelites got really anxious, really desperate, so they decided, okay, we're going to have the ultimate weapon. You know, some of that, you know, the, the Hollywood has kind of taken that into it as well, right? You know, the Ark of the Covenant, there are movies according to that. So they decided they are going to bring out the Ark of the Covenant, and that God, through that, whose his presence was just going to kill the Philistines in front of them, and they were going to just march out and just take whatever they want. But instead, the Philistines take the Ark of the Covenant, and they retreat back to their camps, and said, so God, obviously God who is alive, it's not just the box, it's not just, you know, God who is alive causes havoc in the temples of the Philistines, and gives them some really horrible diseases painful diseases you know that you can't even mention the disease that they have in this in this setting this morning okay so they decide the Philistines decide okay please take it back please take it back so everybody all the Israelites are really really now going to, rejoicing them because they're getting the Ark back so David who is so excited for the Lord decides that it's gonna be his primary concern to make sure that the ark comes back. So he orders the ark to come back, and so they get a new cart, put the ark on top of it, and they are bringing it into Jerusalem. It's not exactly called Jerusalem yet, it's called the City of David, okay? And uh, it's kind of the establishment of, of David's kingdom. I mean, great. If I can have God's presence in my city, Wow, that would be great. This is what I want. So he quickly writes an order and goes out and lets the people. Well, now we need to bring the ark here. And as they are bringing the, they put a new, they did a new cart, you know. So they have the oxen that are pulling the cart. The ark of the coming in, is right on top, and all kinds of people are around it, and they're bringing it into Jerusalem, the city of David. But something happens. Of course, you know those days they didn't have asphalt. The engineers did not get to that point yet. So, as the oxen are pulling the cart, they they stumble, and on that stumbling time, there is one of the sons of uh, the Abinadab, who is the person that is in charge of this uh, of this uh, little uh, excursion, reaches out and tries to grab the box, the ark, because it's about to fall. And right there, the Bible says, God was God's anger flared and Uzzah died on the spot. Everyone's like, What? I mean, and King David, who is a man according to God's heart, says, I'm a I'm really upset with God. I'm angry. The Bible says that David was angry with God. Because, why? Because he's trying to do a good deed. He's trying to be, you know, the, the king that God wants him to be. And he's ordering the right thing to bring the ark back where it belongs, to the people of God. And in the city of God. And what does God do? He lashes out at this poor boy who is trying to do a good deed, right? He's trying to be able to make sure that the ark doesn't fall on the ground. Well, remember we said God is the ultimate engineer? God had a very specific design for the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was a box. He was gilded. He was inlaid with gold. But on the side of the Ark were these golden rings. And the Levites were the only ones that were supposed to actually move the ark. The Levites would basically have golden poles that would thread the poles through those rings on either side of the ark and then they will raise the ark on their shoulders and walk out and move it wherever God wanted them to move it. In other words, they never touched the box. The box was never touched. So this man Who was trying to do a good thing had no idea what the specifications were of the ultimate engineer who lives in heaven who is holy who knows exactly everything about everything who lives in the present who is god almighty who is merciful but is also very exact and this young man lost his life so at that point what david does is to say you know I'm going to stop right here <laughs> I need to think about this again he gets upset so they basically say okay you know what we're going to turn our side here and put the, the cart and the Ark of the Covenant in this guy's field and we're going to call it a day so the problem that we face with God is God is perfect and God demands perfection from us. So the question is how can we please such a God? And God all over the the Old Testament and the New Testament prescribes the key. He says the best way to show your love to God is to obey. It's very simple. God is not asking us to go up to heaven and bring Christ down. God is not asking you this morning to do the impossible task of living a perfect life. All He's asking us to do is to obey. If you fall off the wagon, so to speak, if you have trouble, be able to keep in the commandments of God, all you have to do is get on your knees and ask for forgiveness. For everything that... Every kind of human condition, God has a specific way out. There is no condition that God has left out. For anything that God wants from us, He has written it down so that we can look at it, memorize it, and then practice it so that we can always be blessed. That David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out. So David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? (laughs) All of a sudden David realized that, yeah, he's God's favorite, but there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on here that he's not aware of, and he can get in trouble. So he was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it aside to the house of obed the Gittite and the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed the Dom, the Gittite for three months and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. oh okay God's wrath is gone <laughs> it's like okay I mean this is the problem with God I mean God is his own person God does not look out and say to the angels okay what shall we do today boys That's not not who God is. God already knows everything. God already exactly wants to do something in a very specific way. And he's not going to be asking questions. So the the whole idea of God being God is that he makes the rules. He makes the, the, the justifications. He makes the work. He does everything. And all we need to do is obey that's our job our job is not to figure out why is God saying this why is God doing that our job is to say God what would you like me to do today here I am your servant I will obey so when make the long story short when King David found out that Abedadon got all these blessings he said okay all right we're in a better situation right now so then he decided To bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. But this time they went back and read the books. (laughs) So they went back and read the books and they did it the right way. And it says that as the Ark of the Covenant was being brought into Jerusalem, they would take six steps and they would sacrifice a tattling and an ox. Can you imagine how long it took? I mean, can you imagine? I mean the street is full of blood. I mean this is this is David. This is David who is so exuberant. This is the best part of David. He is a man according to God's heart because he's exuberant and he is very, very devoted to God. And all he wants to see is the glory of God. He wants to see God be glorified. He wants to see God be on his throne. He wants to see God do amazing things so that the people around him will also believe who God is. Remember, this is David who wrote the Psalms. Who's very close to God, who understands God's heart. He's the one that said, the Lord said to my Lord, wait here. Basically, what he says wait here until I put all your enemies under my feet. Under your feet. This is Trinity in the Old Testament. You know, you, you talk about one God, but this is Trinity in the Old Testament. A very difficult passage to understand without understanding that there is a God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, David is now exuberant because remember this. This is a time of transition where the the first dynasty, or, you know, the uh, Saul's dynasty, uh, is basically out, and now a new dynasty is starting. Or, you know, Saul's dynasty was from the uh, from the tribe of Benjamin. Now you have a king from the tribe of Judah. So I'm sure there was issues. I mean, politically there were issues. People had to make decisions about which allegiance, you know, where they would have their allegiance, but there was no uh, other person other than uh, King David now who was taking the throne, was anointed to be king, and now being established, and his new place will be Jerusalem. He was now bringing the honor of God into the, uh, the, the city, and this was an amazing thing. This is what David wanted. This is what his heart really wanted. It's kind of like saying, all I want in Pasadena is to be in God's presence, in a church setting, in a, in a beautiful temple, in a beautiful place, and just sacrificing to God with, with words of praise and singing and just you know, giving uh, all kinds of praises to God and just going all out. This is really what it was all about, and this is what David is doing. So as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched through the window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Now, we Michal, I'm not sure what the Korean, I don't know how you pronounce it, but I would say it was Michal or something like that. Michal. Okay. Michal was a princess. She was the first princess, you know, in in uh, in the household of, of, of Saul. And so, when King David, when David was a young man, and he had already destroyed Goliath, Saul decided that he wanted to bring him into his palace. So he made him a son-in-law, he made him a son-in-law, he gave him his daughter. So his daughter, basically, when you look at what's going on here is King David is a poor boy out there in the woods God makes him the king and now he's in, in a high position but he's still a poor boy he's still a peasant okay but what God loves about him is not that he is a, a from nobility he's got these amazing graces and you know, sophisticated he is just straight his heart is straight with God and all he wants to do is praise God and bring his name up that's all he cares about but Recall is all about protocol. How are you dressed? How are you behaving? You know, are you royal? Do you look royal? Do you look really great? Oh, I don't like that. you know, in that. Let me change this. And to make things worse, what happened to, know? I'm not sure I understand this, but what I'm learning is that uh, the priest would, would wear this ephod, which was basically um, it's almost like, um, like a carpet, where in the middle of it has a hole. You put your head on that, and it, it covers the, far, the, 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 the front and the back of you. Okay, it covers it, but depends on what you're wearing underneath, because that's not going to cover everything. Okay, so all he's doing is he's taking the ephod. Taking it all, putting it all—he's just going crazy. He's just jumping up and down and everything else, and, and people are watching. I say, "Oh my God!" He's now out in the streets with a throng of people. I mean, he's just so excited. He's just blinded to anything else. He doesn't care. He's gonna give all the praise to God because everything that God promised him is happening right now. He's establishing his kingdom. He's given in the city. He just, a few years back, he went and just took over Jerusalem. The Jebusites that were there said, we will never catch us because we're up on the hill and we're fortified and they said, watch me. (laughs) So everything was working. The thing, the glitch was this, you know, the ark coming in and, you know, God smiting one of the people that was trying to help. But once he realized how to do it, what God required, he was an amazing spirit. My question this morning to you is this, how are you doing with your obedience to God? How do you obey God? Have you forgotten the basics? That's, that's the question this morning. Have you forgotten the basics? Have you forgotten that obedience is a must? There's nothing, there's nothing that you can do to make up for disobedience. From the beginning of creation, from the beginning that humans were placed on this planet, to this day, things have not changed. God still demands obedience. So I want you to start thinking right now, How is my life with God? If God was here this morning and looked at my life and gave me a report, what would the report be? How have I performed as being an obedient, humble servant of God? Maybe you're going through a period of transition as well and you are getting a little off track. Things are not every day the same as they used to be. You still have a lot of concerns. You have issues with all kinds of areas of your life, whatever that is. And you are losing sight of what is important. The Bible says that the precepts, precepts of the Lord pure. You know what a precept is? Speed limit. Ty card that says thirty-five miles per hour. Now they don't have to they don't have to write only on the sunny day or only on the rainy day. It's twenty four seven for the rest of eternity until that sign is taken off. That's always the same. 35 miles an hour. It's not 36. It's not 38. It's not nobody's looking. I can do it. You see what I'm talking about? That's what a precept is. You know, you, God says, shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, all, your, all that you are everything that you are, you should love, you should love and Lord, your Lord with, God with all, with everything and that He is the number one person in your life I know that's a, a huge thing but the question is how do you follow directions are you good at following directions especially following directions of what the Bible the word of God tells us especially when god speaks to you god speaks to us all the time but the reason we're not hearing is because we are looking at other things our attention is not on god our attention is on our life and our issues and our things that we think are important God says you need to pay attention, you need to look to me, because that is where life starts and ends, it's with God, so do you obey his commands, do you heed his precepts, how about worship, How much worship do you do with God when you're not in this century? What do you worship then if you don't worship God? What about fellowship? Do you seek the fellowship with believers? We try to have times together during the during the week because it's a good thing for us to connect with each other but also having the bible study on top of that it's it's great but god wants you to read the word of god by yourself i don't i hope that you don't think because there's bible study on wednesday you don't have to read the bible for the rest of the week you're going to get another dose of it here on sunday morning and Good. That is not my words. What did Jesus say to Satan when he was tempted? Men, human beings, do not live by bread alone. By, by every word that comes out of the mouth. It's not the talking heads on TV. Not the music that we listen to. Anything, any word that comes out of the mouth of God. This is important stuff. This is serious stuff. I know that we live under the grace. But God is not unwilling to chide the son or daughter that he loves. Just like a responsible father, a responsible mother, they will discipline their child. Until the child has enough internalization of that mother motherhood and fatherhood to be able to stay safe, to be able to do the things right, to be able to respond in the right way. Which one of these precepts do you need to help with this morning? Would you take a moment to respond and write in your... your uh, Whatever you feel that you are needing help, to pray for you, and uh, we can remind you. Um, and also, it would be great to have a person in your life that will hold you accountable. It's the only way we can avoid getting into trouble. Amen? Please, fill out your cards as well. On the